Hello and welcome to the Fabulous by Design podcast. I'm your host, Evie. I am excited you are listening today. This show inspires and empowers you to take the next step towards a life you can't stop thinking about. I am bringing in people from all over the world with authentic and inspiring stories. People who change their lives from good to better, from miserable to great, turned strategy into hope and became successful entrepreneurs and business owners, living their dream life on their own terms. Grab your favorite note-taking device, lean back and get inspired. I believe that everything you need to create the life of your dreams is already within you. Good morning to Colorado. Today, I do have the honor of speaking to Dwayne. Dwayne is the owner of Dwayne's Reliable Computer Services. And he believes and he's proved that if you have a dream and you go after it, you will succeed. Good morning, Dwayne. Thank you for hopping on this conversation with me. Please introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Good morning, Ivana. Thanks for uh, for having me. Yeah, so I have a, an IT support business that I run. Been doing it since, uh, well, full-time since 2012. So it's been about 11 years full-time. Added a couple of years part-time before that. And yeah, that's uh, that, that's what I do now. And you know what? I, I actually tell people that I have not been to work since November 16th of 2012. So <laughs> now I just play on other people's computers all day. <laughs> I love that. What was it you've been doing before? Because that was that was running a IT business always something you've been dreaming about, or have you been on a different career path before? So having a business was always in the back of my mind, and actually, I tried um, when I was twenty-two years old. I uh, I owned a restaurant for about a year wasn't the right fit. I couldn't tell you anything that happened outside of those four walls that year. <laughs> but I knew I wanted to have my own business again. I I was not in IT at all. I was I was in sales and sales management with a number of different companies. I uh, I was in a company I'd been there 12 years and I firmly believed that this was a company that I was going to um, retire from. Mhm. After that 12 years, I was running half the company and the guy that was running the other half became my boss. He became the, the vice president. And I knew that he and I were going to butt heads a little bit because we had done that when he was running one half and I was running the other half. But I just assumed that was something that I was going to have to, you know, kind of bite my tongue on. He took it a different way. He uh, he didn't think it was going to work. So two weeks into him having that position, being my boss, he let me go. So after being with the company for 12 years, uh, really growing up in this company, all my friends were in this company. I had a company car. So in one day, I lost my job, all my friends, and my car. <laughs> so, so that was, uh, yeah, that was kind of a shock to the system. Um, and that started pretty much a 10-year journey of just trying to get back to that point in my life. During that 10 years, I went through some times of unemployment, some times of underemployment. In fact, it was so bad that um, since I'd been at that company for so long, I had a pretty good 401k. And we ended up cashing out that 401k to kind of balance us 
to keep the lights on, to keep keep the house, you know. Mm-hmm. And we did. We were able to do that. So that was great. I at one point I had a job where uh, I thought it was going to be a really good opportunity. Ended up being not that great of an opportunity, but I was traveling. I was traveling every week. So I would get on a plane on Monday, get on another plane on Friday to come home. So when you're doing that, it's really tough to find a job back then. Now, it's probably easier now. This was in 2009, something like that, probably. And, you know, of course, I had a computer and I could uh, go online and, and apply for jobs. That was easy. But then they would call me and say, hey, we're doing interviews on Tuesday. And I would say, well, I'm in Arizona. Can can we do it Saturday? Oh, yeah, we'll call you back. And of course, you never hear. So <laughs> so that was really rough. Um, I finally, I was home one week. I found a company that was hiring. I actually went down there and applied um, and got that job, was able to get off the road. And that was with a, uh, a bakery company. Um, actually, it was Hostess. They, they make uh, bread and cake and stuff and nationwide company. So I thought, okay, this is great, you know, but it was, it was route sales. So I was servicing a number of grocery stores and I was in my mid to late forties at the time. And you know what? Um, I really didn't see myself doing that until retirement because it was a lot of physical work. (laughs) So I'm sitting there going, okay, what's, what's the plan here? What am I going to do? You know, and in a conversation with my wife one day, uh, she said, well, what if you um, started a a business and helped people with their computers? Because you've been helping friends and family for years. And, you know, other people always know what's best for you. They can see it. Sometimes you can't. And and I was like, wow, that's a great idea. So, (laughs) so. I started researching it and I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the community college, take some courses, get some certifications and and we'll go for this. Well, timing was bad because community college classes had started like two weeks before that. So now I've got this dream and goal and I can't get started for about another four months. And that just wasn't, wasn't good enough. So in another conversation, we decided that I would just go get some books from the college or maybe just from the bookstore or whatever. And I'll just start working on it that way to, you know, get started. Well, I did that. Um, I went and bought some books and ended up never going to the community college. I don't do well in classrooms. Give me a book. I'll learn it. Give me a video. I'll, you know, that's how I learn. So ended up never going to school. Once I felt confident enough, I just threw some ads up on, at the time it was Craigslist was, was, viable and it was free. So I threw some ads up on Craigslist and started my business on my days off and in the afternoons after I'd finished my route. So that's quite a story. That's quite a story. I love that. People have different reasons why they start or don't start their businesses, why it sometimes takes longer, why some get pretty quick there. Like all these stories just are so different. I would love to know, because you said your struggles were like on and off for about 10 years after you have lost your job. And why did it take you 10 years to start something by yourself? Probably deep within knowing that you wanted to have a business at all times. You tried when you were 22. 
I can only imagine, was it like something where you were just, you know, trying to follow that old path? Or was it more of that you did not dare or didn't see it? Well, I think that, uh, so part of it was, I I had two young children at home. Mm-hmm. And so there's, you know, there's the responsibility part that uh, I've, I've got to support my family. And doing a doing a business, I felt, and most people feel, that's a very risky thing to do. You know, well, it's a different kind of risk. Okay. <laughs> it's a risk that you have more control over is what I found. So, you know, I kept just trying to find the right thing that was going to be the the my magic ticket to um getting my life back on track and each time I would try it it would uh it would work for a while and then it would fall flat again and you know so it was just I I think that I learned a lot through that time learned what I didn't want so what I have discovered at least in my case and I think this might be true for a lot of people it's more risky to work for somebody else because they have all the control. If you work for yourself, yeah, you're at the mercy of the market, but you are in control. Okay. If, if you need to make more money, you go out and you find those customers and you make more money. If you're working for a company and you know what, I'm working as hard as I can and I'm still not making any more money because this is what they pay me. So to me, when when that was kind of my aha moment that, okay, there's a risk connecting myself to a company and expecting them to take care of me. And, you know, there are people that do that and it works out fantastically for them. That wasn't my case. So mm-hmm. I decided I'm I'm going to put myself in a position where I don't have to worry about I don't get along with this person in the company and they're my boss and they're going to fire me. Cause I had a couple other instances. I had a time where um, I worked for this company for three years. And when I was hired, the guy that hired me knew fully well that I did not have a degree that uh, I had, I had 12 years of experience doing about the same thing. So he was really happy with that. Well, everything was great for two and a half years. I was, uh, it's a nationwide company. I was, my office was third in the country in sales. I mean, doing fantastic. Then they realigned the territories and I got a new boss. We were sitting down one day and she said, well, what's your goals for next year? I said, well, I want to take advantage of the tuition reimbursement and get my degree. It was like she fell off the chair. She looked at me and she said, what? You don't have a degree? I said, no. And so then I kind of explained my you know, my experience and all this and everything. She kind of changed the subject um, and we moved on. Within a month, her assistant was in my office interviewing all of my department managers. And what I came to find out was that he was basically on a witch hunt trying to find a good reason to fire me. Well, he couldn't find a good reason, but they still let me go. And in Colorado, it's you have a right to do that. You know, you can let somebody go for pretty much whatever. So I think at that point, and and I even after that, that was like 2003, and so I still struggled back and forth for another five, six, seven years. But I think at that point, I was like, okay, I want to get to a point where this can never happen to me again. Mm. That's where I'm mm-hmm. at now. So I yeah. like that, and I love this change of perspective because 
all this security and safety we are seeking from corporate jobs for being an employee are and the, the pandemic showed it just recently, but also as you say in Colorado, you don't need a real reason to let people yeah. go. You just you're fired. Thank you, right? Whatever the reason is, might not even be personal sometimes. But we are taught that this is the secure way to go about. And I think a lot of people struggle with that because within they probably feel different. Within they probably have just, you know, a different perception of what's going on around them, yet they are them to follow that narrative, to follow that path that was made for them, not daring to do different. I, you told me before before we hopped on this conversation that you've seen that pretty much early and that you were able to make this thinking shift. And I believe that this is what made you, you know, just jump forward quite quickly once you once you see that right so how i mean you said you felt like a failure after you were fired from your job after 12 years in the company here again someone just found a reason to let go of you have you ever feared to fail in your own business or was this already a moment where you said like you know what just leave me alone, guys. Like, I'm with you. I'm just going to make this work. So when I was starting my business, so well, so so what happened with that is I was, I was working for Hostess, and they actually went out of business. So again, I'm without a job. It was, my goal was that I wanted to start, go full-time in my business by 2015. Well, this was 2012. So it was way early. I had not built a strong base in my business, but I looked at it and I thought, you know what? I am not going to put myself in a position where this can happen again. And if I get a job, I don't know if it's going to work as well with my scheduling as this one did. So at that point, I decided now is the time to go full time in my business. Okay. And, you know, that was really scary. Luckily, I had. I had unemployment because the company had closed down. So, um, and, and the way a lot of people don't understand this, but unemployment, you can actually use it to balance against itself. Okay. So um, they give you so much money over so much time. And the way it works is if you work this week, you don't get any money. If you don't work this week, then you get money. So if I worked, if I had customers, then I wouldn't get unemployment. If I didn't, then I would. And so I actually was able to stretch the amount of time that I got the unemployment. And that kind of helped me get going with my business some, you know, and when you don't have an income coming in and you've got to create that yourself, that's very motivating, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you've got to go out and figure it out and make it work. So um, I, I had more days where I would wake up and I had nothing to do than days where I woke up and I was busy all day, right? So first thing I did is I decided, okay, I'm going to treat this like a job and I'm going to get up every day. I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to get ready and I'm going to go to work. And I would come to my computer if I had nothing going on. And I had a, uh, um, I started a spreadsheet and it was called Seeds. Um, and it was from Robert Louis Stevenson. 
talking about worry about the seeds that you're planting, right? And then everything else will take care of itself. So what these seeds were, were different things that I could do to move my business forward if I didn't have a customer. And it was things like um, sending letters of thanks to customers, networking, uh, posting on Facebook. I, I had nine or 10 different things. And I would actually on the spreadsheet, okay, today is the 27th and this is what I did. And this is what I did. And I would track this so I could see that, okay, I did these 10 different things and those 10 different things brought me five customers. That's great. So that was motivating and kept me moving. And then I wasn't just sitting here in front of my computer going, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? You know, I had a plan. So, um, and I did that for probably the first three or four years mm -hmm. starting my business until it got to the point where I was never able to look at the spreadsheet because I was busy. I love this. And so, I think this yeah. is what truly prevents you as well from hoping and wanting clients to come. It's especially in this online world nowadays, there, there are like, you know, gurus and people who like to say that um, if you do the good content from day one, if you do this, if you do this, people will fly at you. People will come to you. Well, that's pretty much visual thinking, if I can be really honest with you, because you are yeah. just saying that, that there is work involved. I call it the daily dozen, like things you do every day for your business to get a step closer to your next client, whether this is networking, whether this is just making meaningful connections to potential clients, etc. This can look in different businesses different. But if you say if you you kept yourself busy with that in a very meaningful way, and I think this created as well kind of a, a job for you. So you probably haven't been looking back too much or what if I don't make yeah. enough money? What if I don't get any clients? Because you knew that the seeds you're planting eventually will grow, right? Yes. Yes. I, I love that that you pointed out that you're pointing it out like this because there is lots of misconceptions that sometimes that people think it's not enough to put yourself out. Hi, I'm here, I've got something to offer, and people will come at you. However, I think also the other part of growing that business and um finding those new clients in the first two to three years before things are starting to, to run a bit more smoother can be a very enjoyable time, a very, very good time where we learn a lot about ourselves, where we just simply build not just our business, but our character. What yes. is your number one advice to people who are in that situation, maybe starting off or maybe wanting to make that jump and leave their corporate job? What is your advice? Well, so... One thing that I've seen a lot of, I, I've talked to people. So I, I, I said that I did networking, right? And so um, I've used that to build my business and it's been fantastic. Um, I met a guy at a networking event one day. And first off, he walked up to me and handed me a handmade business card. And okay, you can buy a box of 500 on Vistaprint for 20 bucks. So why would you waste your time making this handmade thing? And then he kind of told me about the business he was trying to start. 
and how he's been working on his business plan for six months. You know what? If you want to start a business, sell something. Nothing happens in business until somebody sells something. Now, do you need a business plan? It's probably not a bad idea having an idea of what you want to do, but a formal four-page business plan that spells out everything, you do not need that to start a business. You may need that eventually, and that's fine. You can build that as you go, but if you want to start a business, go out and sell something. And I think that's this the, is where the problem is. Yeah, yeah. It's There's a lot of people that want to do it, but they get bogged down in the minutia, in the details, because, you know, and, and a lot of this is things that we've been told. Okay, so everybody knows if you want to start a business, you've got to have a strong business plan. Well, if you're going to go start a manufacturing company and you're going to try to borrow $2 million, yes, you really do need that business plan and it better be buttoned up tight. But before you get to that point, you've got to figure out what you're going to manufacture, right? And maybe you're going to do some prototypes and things like that. And maybe even get to the point where you're selling a few of those. Okay, now you need to do all of that stuff because until you sell something, it's not a business. So that's that's the that's one big thing there. So just mm -hmm. go out and sell something. Very get good started. Um, you know, Nike, um, just do it, right? Just do it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's a big step to overcome for many. But it is the truth. Like if you don't sell, there is no money. And if there is no money, there is no business. That's a, right. a, a simple calculation. You, When was that, Dwayne, when your business really took off? How long did it take you where you said, okay, now I do feel like stable, secure enough or confident enough within me as well to that this business will make money in the future? probably a couple years. And during that, those first few years, I was putting together all of the processes that I would use going forward. You know, so one of the things I started right off the bat, if you were a new customer this month, next month, you're going to get a letter in the mail from me, basically thanking you for being a customer and making sure that everything that I did for you worked out well. And if not, please contact me and let me know. And then here's some other things that I can help you with if you need help with these things. Oh, and um, I would really appreciate it if you would, you know, give me a review on Google or, you know, refer me to your friends. And then I'd send another letter a year from then if you were not a customer again within that year. And that second letter was basically just, hey, I'm still here. So if you need any help, you know, or know anybody, give me a shout. And I would include two business cards in each of these letters. And I would... Almost every month, I would have somebody after that year that would call me up and say, hey, thanks for sending me those business cards. I'd lost your card, and I couldn't remember how to get a hold of you. So, you know, it cost me a few bucks to do that, but that got things rolling. So it was things like that that kind of, you know, they snowball over time. Um, and then I talked about networking. So I uh, to start off, I went on meetup.com, which meetup.com is, you know, it's a it's a place where you can meet friends. It's kind of a friend app, um, not like a dating app, but a friend app. But they they have groups for everything. And a lot of those are business groups. 
And so I'd go through that and I would find business networking. And, and then I would go to these meetings. Tell you what, you want to really get out of your comfort zone? Go to a business meeting where you have just started your business and you know nobody at this meeting and you're going to go talk about your business. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was a, a really scary prospect. But in going to these, what I found out is that, you know what, it's not a magic bullet. There is no magic bullet. You go to these things and you meet people. And you talk to them about their business. You talk to them about your business. And, and you start to develop a relationship. So the first couple months that I went to these networking events, I didn't get any customers out of it. You know, um, that's not how it works. But after a year, I could go to those meetings and look around and go, wow, half of these people are my customers. So that's that's the kind of thing you just you've got to be consistent with things. You've got to keep trying and going. And, um, you know, it if you build it, they will come. That's that's really what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's about the doing, the doing part, not being afraid to yeah. show yourself. Like I always say, you need to stop hiding yourself under a rug. If you got to tell something, yeah. if yeah. you want to make that impact, if you want to make that money, if you want to sell your product or your service, you got to be easy to discover whether this is online yes. or networking yes. events people or sending business cards because people have lost it and they've been probably looking for you but you need to come halfway at least so yes. people can discover you mm-hmm. exactly and you also got the chance to write an exciting book would you like to take us through that story? yeah so um during during covid you know, there were so many people that were struggling and, and times were times were tough for a lot of people. I was fortunate that IT was deemed essential. And I even had one company that they weren't sure how things were going to go. So they emailed me a letter that basically said I was an essential part of their team and I had a right to be out to be coming to their office to help them. So I put that in my glove box um, in my car. I called that my get out of jail free card, um, which it never came to that, you know, but, uh, you know, that's that was how important they felt it was for me to be able to get there. Um, and so when when COVID first started, I had so many people reaching out to me and businesses saying, OK, so we can't get to the office, but our computers are there. How do we do this? Mm-hmm. So I would help them work out with remote connections to their computer in the office from their computer at home, different things like that. Then people that had a lot of problems with internet connectivity because of Zoom meetings and all that. Uh, So I I spent a lot of time helping with that. And speaking of Zoom meetings, anybody that had a desktop computer, they were kind of left out in the cold because they didn't have a camera. So I, um, and luckily most webcams are what we call plug and play. You just mm-hmm. plug it in and the driver installs itself and you're good to go. So I would I would order it, have it delivered right to my customer's house. When it got there, I would say, okay, do this, plug that in, and then boom, we're both on Zoom. And I would talk them through how to do everything and work it out. I could even log in remotely to their computer so I can show them on their side how to do this stuff. So spend a lot of time doing that. Um, and because of all that, you know, I, my business was just 
booming mm-hmm. and driving around. I, I was so frustrated. All of my friends are business owners because I met them networking and, you know, and, and so, so many of my friends were suffering because of the pandemic and driving around one day, the phrase business heroes of the pandemic just kind of hit me in the face. And basically what it was is I was seeing companies that had figured it out and they were making the best of a bad situation and they were making it work. You know, these are the, um, the restaurants and the bars that said, you know what, our parking lot is mainly empty. Let's take a portion of our parking lot and turn that into a patio so that we can still serve our customers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things like that. There was uh, a, a restaurant that I heard about that they had just gotten a huge order of perishable food and then everything got shut down. Well, what are you supposed to do? This food has a very short shelf life. So grocery stores were still essential. So they decided, okay, we are basically going to become a grocery store and we're going to sell all of our fresh food. Mm-hmm. And they did. So they were able to recoup that. They didn't have a big loss because of that. You know, and there was just story after story after story. So I looked at those people and I was like, okay, those are my business heroes. And so I started putting together, it ended up being 11 different rules in there I called lessons but in the book they're called rules um on how to remain essential Mm -hmm. so and just really 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 great stories the things that I heard from people let's see I uh I talked to a woman that her business was she worked for a, a a winery and her business was wine tasting parties Mm-hmm. Oh, they didn't you imagine. No, you're dead in the water. There is nothing you can do. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's not true. Um, what they discovered is she could ship like the individual portions to you and all of your friends. Then we could all get on Zoom and do the wine tasting. My goodness, my goodness. I think this book, Twain, is not just a, you know, not just a a book, as you say, that helps moving things, but it's also, I think, lessons we can learn, not just during pandemics, or because there are so many other life events where we need to make yeah. a change in our businesses, where we need to pivot, where we just need to be making quick decisions. And sometimes yes. that's fear that creeps up and like oh my god i've been doing it for years like this what i'm supposed to do when that thought creeps up and you will be like oh my god you don't see nothing in front of you anymore and you need that clear vision to move and i think this book is one i'm gonna read it's so thank you (laughs) yeah it's um the the name is almost I, i almost did myself a disservice by calling it business heroes of the pandemic um, it's more about these are people that stepped up during this. But yes, you're right. The lessons are timeless. In fact, um, one of the ways I market this book now is to graduating seniors, either high school or college, because there are so many things in here that, you know what? Think outside the box. Figure out a new way. Um, so let's see. Looking at the rules, um, I had one that was called the butterfly model. And this is uh, use the current time to grow. Okay. So during the pandemic, 
there was a lot of people that were in that position, right? So um, I know people that they wanted to move forward in a new career and they were able to do online certifications so that once pandemic was over, they were able to hit the ground running because they have these new uh, new certifications in whatever they wanted to do. So rather than, you know, okay, well, I'm basically on hiatus because I can't go to my company. So I'm just going to sleep until noon and, you know, watch Netflix the rest of the day. No, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a lovely lesson. I think we always have that choice, but we have to hear it over and over again because humanity is funny. Like if we don't suffer long enough, we won't make that change. So we need to experience certain life events to be like, Oh my God, now I had enough and now I need to move on. Um, I would love to see that. I would love to see people moving on quicker before they suffer. And I think this is what these conversations are for, to motivate, to just showcase that other people have done it and you can do it too, dear listener. If you like this episode, if you like the conversations and... The story Dwayne was sharing, don't hesitate to share it with someone who needs to hear this. I'm sure you have a friend or even yourself if you want to re-listen, read that book. Just look at the opportunities ahead. And I would love to round up this conversation with my last and most favorite question. What do people misunderstand the most about you? Um. Well, before people meet me, they think, okay, he's in IT, so he um, he's probably an introvert. He probably doesn't really talk to people. No, like <laughs> IT nerd. Yeah, yeah, and and nothing could be further from the truth. I, I think that's one of the reasons why I have been so successful with this. The majority of uh, of IT companies they don't do networking. Mm-hmm. They use other means to grow their business. So. Um, when, when I go to networking events, there are 12 realtors and five mortgage people and 10 insurance people, but there's one guy that works on computers. That's you. Yeah. In all the years, I've ran into two other people at networking events that do what I do. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's like uh, I've got this captive audience, which is, yeah. And it's great for me. And when people meet me and they hear what I do, they're like, Really? I'm like, yeah, but you're talking to, yeah, I talk, I love people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love to work with people together on their computers. I don't like to work the computer alone. That's right. I I always tell, because, you know, when I'm working on someone's computer, they'll say, well, do you mind if I sit here and watch what you're doing? I'm like, you know, that's fine. I, I always tell them I have two kinds of customers. Those that sit here and watch me and talk to me about it and those that don't. So I don't care either way. (laughs) I appreciate you sharing this. So even like, you know, people are different. We shouldn't be judging too early. That's right. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for being an incredible guest and giving this value to our listeners. 
Hey, do you want to create fantastic reels with unique captions quickly? This script has saved me time and brought back the fun of creating reels. The writing, transcript editing and recording program automatically detects errors, ums and speech gaps and much more. I became an affiliate of this script because it eliminates the sucky part of reel and video editing and adds much value to my work as a coach and creator. You can try this script for free by clicking the link in the show notes and reach out to me if you need help with your first edits.